Jesus has arisen, but what does life look like after that resurrection? Today on The Midweek Move, we're going to talk about those first few days and some instructions Jesus left for his disciples. Hello and welcome to the Midweek Move podcast extension of The Healing Place. This is the podcast where we examine the scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves what is happening here. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited because we're reading about one of my favorite events, the event that I, I live for, literally, and that's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes. So last week, it was a, it was a little more somber, it was a little darker. We yep. talked about the, the death of, of Jesus um, in the burial. And the week before that, we talked about the uh, the strangely somber yet celebratory moment of him with his last supper with his disciples. Yes. And today, we're going to read something very interesting, very different. And uh, I'm excited about it. Let's just jump into it. Matthew 28 is where we're going to be at today. It says this, After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, and an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone, and sat on it. This has got to be a sight. Right. If you understand how big those stones on those tombs are, <laughs> this is this is wild. You've never seen anything like this in your life, if right? You're those, if you're those two ladies, exactly, exactly. Verse three: His appearance was like the light was like was like like ah, say words. His appearance was like lightning, <laughs> and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men, meaning they passed out. Yeah, like which is understandable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the angel said to the women, do not be afraid too late for I know that you are, I know who you're looking for, that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said, come yeah. and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Now, I have told you. Woo, that's a that's lot to time. drop on a person. <laughs> that's a lot to drop on a person. And the beautiful thing is, is this is an open invitation. Right. It's that they show up at the thing. And he's like, look, come, come here, come here, come right. here. I want you to see where he was. And because this, this is about to change everything. This yeah. isn't, this isn't, he don't want them to be afraid, not not that they wouldn't be afraid because this is, I think, kind of in the age we live in, we live, this is a world long before CGI and special effects. We kind of, we are a little bit numb to the, right. to how awesomely terrifying this would have been to people in the ancient world exactly. because of how easily we, we can fake supernatural things because of our technology. Right. And here, the, here they are having to absorb all of this. The fact that they're going to mourn what they had just witnessed in the, in the death and the burial and the crucifixion of Jesus. Right. And now, now the page is turned and this is completely different. This, this, this heavenly figure, this supernatural figure, is inviting them in to the tomb of a dead man right. to see what wonders are there. And this has to be really, really hard to do. I don't want to walk in anybody's tomb. <laughs> right. I don't want to, you know, 
no, there, there was no way they could have moved that stone or anything. They were coming there to mourn, and here he is rolling that stone away and saying, "Come!" They don't know what to expect. They don't know what's on the other side of that tomb. Exactly, like they are shocked beyond belief. And there's a lot of reasons to be shocked about it. First off, there's the supernatural aspect, like you talked about. We just can't imagine that now. We live in a in a world where with everything going on. One of the earliest motion picture films was The Train. Yeah, and there are stories about when they played that motion picture. People freaked out and ran out of the theater screaming because there was a shot where the train's coming towards the camera and people thought they were going to get ran over by the train. Yes. Because they had never seen anything like that. Right. We have so much more now. Yeah, we do. But for these ladies, they're like, there's a dude, it's an angel, and he's telling us that Jesus is gone and we're being invited to see what this is. Like, there's trembling. On top of that, there's the political aspect of it. This tomb was not supposed to be disturbed. No. In other, um, in other uh, reports of this moment, there was a seal placed on that door. It wasn't just a, you know, like, okay, here's a little lock. It was a seal from a decree from Rome saying, yes. do not touch this, do not move this, or you will die. The most powerful people on earth at the time. Exactly. And they're going, the stone is gone, and the body is gone. Yeah. We're not supposed to disturb any of this. This would be the biggest news on the planet at the moment. Exactly. And so there's a supernatural event taking place that is disrupting everything they understand about reality and, and the situation of the political landscape. And some guy that we never met before in our life who looks like lightning is asking us <laughs> to come into the tomb and look where there used to be a dead man. Exactly. What am I supposed to think about this? Right. I mean, just information overload. And so what do they do? Verse 8. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to his disciples. I love this. They were, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's a whole thing about being, they were afraid. They're like, they were oh my scared. gosh. This is, but they're like, there's a, there's a, he's alive. Yeah. There's an excitement. There's hope that's been rejuvenated inside of them. And I can imagine the gears beginning to turn and the things beginning to click in the minds of these people that have followed Jesus for years. Right. Because he talked about these things extensively, <laughs> and they are constantly in a place where they didn't get it, where they didn't understand, and now the plan has come to fruition. And now these things, I can imagine just a rush of emotion and trying to understand, but now the lights are coming on. Exactly. He's alive. They watched him <laughs> died his terrible death they 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 watched his disciples desert him all of the hopelessness that came in the darkness that settled on earth at his crucifixion and now he's alive i i couldn't imagine what what they would be thinking or, or what you can think at this moment exactly exactly uh verse nine suddenly jesus met them Ooh, that'd be a moment. Wow. <laughs> this dude, we know this dude is dead. We watched him. We watched this dude get ripped apart right. and hung on the cross and put in the tomb. We know this dude is dead. Right. And yet he stands before them and he says, greeting. He says this to them. They're talking to a man that was dead three days ago. Greetings, he said. They came to him, collapsing, uh, 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 clasping his feet and worshiped him. Appropriate response. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Verse 10. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee. They, uh, there they will see me. Not only did they get to see him, it's like, hey, go to Galilee. I'm going to make sure the rest of them see me too. Right. He's going to appear to the multitudes. And he's starting with some of the most important people in his life. Yes. It's, I think it's fascinating. The last time there was joy for him 
was a dinner table with these very people. That's immediately what I thought of. And the first time, it's going to be at the yeah, same those place. Those same people. <laughs> it's come full circle now. Man. I'm spending my last moments with you, but now that I'm out of the grave, I want to share that with you as well. Yeah. You're not going to hear about this third hand. Mm. I'm going to show up, and you're going to see me with your own eyes. Exactly. Exactly. Verse 11. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported the chief priests uh, reported to the chief priests everything they had, that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, "You are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep." If this report gets to the governor, we will uh, uh, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were told, instructed. And the story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Now, need to go with this stuff. Matthew's explaining to and Matthew's his whole purpose of writing was to write it to a, a group of individuals who. They didn't understand what was happening in culture at the time. Yeah. And so he's he's explaining who, who people are, what's happening. And so it's it's fascinating, this whole situation. Why are the Jews, the Pharisee leaders, working so hard to concoct this story? And why what was this about this whole, you know, protecting these soldiers? Could you imagine the ramifications of what he said was true, was actually true? Right. Not just for people believing on Jesus, but what that means for them. Right. No political cover-ups isn't a new thing, apparently. <laughs> exactly. So, so here they are, they're they're covering this whole thing up because if it gets out that we have no explanation, no logical explanation for why this body isn't isn't here, this, this, this stone is gone from the tomb and this body is missing, mm-hmm. then we can, that would allow the people to entertain the thought, Man, we mocked him for saying that he was going to raise his temple up in three days. Here we are three days later, he's not in the tomb. Exactly. What could that mean? What right. are the implications of that? Maybe this guy is who he said he is. Right. And I just got to think about what these soldiers, they know what they saw. Yeah. I wonder what happened with them. They took this money, <laughs> but they can't deny what they saw. Right. I mean, they, they, they visibly saw this angel appear, and it freaked them out. Mm-hmm. So... There's a there's a whole uh, movement of individuals there. Some of the people who deny Jesus's some deny Jesus' existence, but the resurrection as a whole. And one of the argumentations is that the disciples stole the body, which again we're told was going to happen. There were right. people going to believe that. Been telling that story for a couple of thousand years. <laughs> However, let's take a moment to, to decompress this for a second. Again, he was in a tomb, and this wasn't like a small stone. This this took a lot of people to to manage. Yeah, and it was sealed. And we talked about it, it was with a, a Roman seal. If the disciples had done this. And guarded by Roman guards, some of the best warriors on the planet. Exactly. The gall for fishermen and tax collectors to show up, take out guards, move these uh, stones, and then remove a body that under penalty of law they shouldn't even be touching. I mean, that's a lot. What would logically be the benefit to do that? Exactly. They've already ran and scattered themselves during the time of the crucifixion in fear of being implicated with Jesus. Why in the world would they turn around and then then pull this stunt? Exactly. It doesn't make any logical sense whatsoever. And then for them to continue, if they knew it was a lie, if they knew that they that this was a thing that wasn't real, 
why would they go to the lengths that they did to be martyred for the sake of the gospel? They would be signing their own death warrants, and I don't know any logical person to run headlong into something like this for a lie. Exactly. Exactly. And yet we know that that's a, that is a lie that people want to believe because they're, they're, the, the conversation about Jesus and the implications of Jesus, it's all striking. Yes. And they're, they're not sure how to deal with it, and they don't want to deal with it because that means they have to deal with the flesh. Yes. So I right, continue on verse 16, and this is where things get a little bit more interesting for everybody listening. Verse 16, when the 11 disciples, wait, 11, there were 12 disciples, right? Yeah, we lost one we on lo- the way. We lost one. Uh, Judas had in the pat in, in the time frame gone off, and in his um, his guilt, his depression, he committed uh, suicide. Yep, he took himself out, and um, and uh, it's sad. It's depressing. It is. Um, there is a, another passage where this conversation takes place, and uh, Jesus restores Peter, who had denied Jesus three times. Yes, and um, there's a whole conversation question: Had Judas Instead of giving into the depression, giving into the guilt, but turn to Jesus, could he have been saved in that moment? The Bible says that God wishes that none should perish. And when the last time I checked, none means none. Yeah. And that all should come to repentance. Last time I checked, all means all. Exactly. It's that he he loves he loved Judas just as much as he loved the rest of them. Exactly. He knew Judas's heart. Yep. But he knew that the potential Jews had also. Judas made that choice to not do that. He did. And it's it's sad. It is, it is legitimately a terrifying thing to think about. Yeah, he read what he saw. Right. So we have this 11 group, the group of 11 men, went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Verse 17, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven on me, I'm sorry, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything i have commanded you and surely i am with you always to the very end of the age so let's let's talk about these final instructions jesus had for them and this in this moment now we we know because and if you guys uh, haven't yet, check out our conversation in the book of Acts we've already done here at the Midweek Move. We have a whole playlist on YouTube yep. where Jesus gives further instructions about going and waiting and, and waiting in the upper room. But he gives some very specific instructions. And he starts off by saying, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to him. So this is, he has the ultimate authority to give whatever commands that need to be given. And he's giving them to, yes, to the eleven. But the implication is this goes to everybody. Yes. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, this instruction is for you. Right. Period. In discussion. So first of all, we got this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. What does that tell you you should do? Tells you to do exactly what he said (laughs) to do. Right. Just like we said before, all means all. Is that now... And we also say the plan of God, not necessarily the plan of God, the plan of salvation, the plan of of redemption is complete, but the plan of God isn't quite complete because now the plan of God extends to all nations. Exactly. Now Jesus is commissioning his disciples to go and make other disciples. Same way I taught you mm-hmm. what the plan of the Father was, what the will the same way I 
I demonstrated the kingdom of God to you. Now it's your turn to take what I've given you, the things that I taught you, that I taught you to observe. And now it's your job to take those to all nations. Right. So obviously we got to grow this thing. Exactly. Because that's a, that's a big undertaking. But he assures them that I'm going to be with you even to the end of the age that I'm that it's your turn, but I'm going to be with you and you're going to be able to do this thing that I've given you to do. Right. Now, the interesting aspect is the vocabulary of making disciples, though. He's not saying go make converts. No. Don't go make people, you know, say a two-second prayer and then leave them to their own. Discipleship takes work. Yes. It takes commitment, not just of the person, but of you. Yeah. You are to be committed to the people that you have helped led to the Lord to disciple them. Disciples make disciples. And disciples aren't people that go to church. Mm -hmm. Disciples aren't people that possess a passive knowledge or a passive belief. Mm -hmm. A disciple is a learner. Mm -hmm. A disciple is someone that is committed. A disciple is a follower of Jesus. Right. The same way we think about these men giving up whatever was necessary mm -hmm. in order for them to learn and to know Jesus, that's what a disciple is. A disciple puts, puts the learning of their craft, of their skill, of what they're pursuing at the foremost part of their thinking at the front of their thoughts as their number one thing as their goal as their passion and a disciple will is willing to forsake those things and as jesus said pick up their cross and follow follow him and just like he told those group of people then now he's saying this in the entire world that you guys are to go go out and make those kind of people mm -hmm. those type of people that are willing to to do whatever it takes to follow me right exactly exactly and so there is this there we have to do this. We have to walk this out. And it continues on baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so in the whole triune nature of God. Yes. You know, and that, that is something that that's that is a central aspect of Christianity. Yes. Um, there that I have serious questions for anybody who denies the triune nature of God uh, and claim to be Christian. We are clearly seeing that has the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit as yes. a whole. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Yeah, we're discipling people, but we're teaching them. Hey, look, this is this isn't us, right? These these things that we tell you that we need to work out. This isn't you know you know twelve twelve rules of Carlos Renfro. Nope. This isn't the twelve rules of Dallas Mora. This is like we're we're doing what Paul said. Right. Follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. These are the commandments of Jesus. These are the things that He taught us while He was here on the earth. These are the things that He revealed to us, and we are teaching you to follow those things as well. We're going to follow them, right? and now everyone is called the follower who, who believes in Christ. Absolutely. Now, I love how Jesus wraps this up. He's given the commandments to go and teach and to disciple all those things. He goes, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus, in the last bit of this chapter, is saying, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Like, I, I will be with you. Yes. Now, we know that part of that him being with us is through Holy Spirit and dwelling yes. within us and around us. But he doesn't abandon us. No. Christianity is not a walking by yourself thing. No. There is community because we're making disciples. We're in community with being taught and teaching. But he himself is with us yes. constantly. Constantly. Yeah, that word always indicates a word or the idea of continually. Mm -hmm. Not that he shows up and disappears or that he is continually with us. Right. That, he could, that we're doing his will, that God is in that. Mm. I told you to do that, so I'm I'm in that. So I'm continually with you so that you're, you're not, in, like you said, you're not in this thing alone, mm -hmm. and I'm empowering you to do what I've commanded you to do. Exactly, exactly. 
Well, here in a second, I'm ask Carlos to give us his last thoughts on 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 these passages, and even the last couple of weeks. But I want to encourage you guys: reach out to us, let us know your thoughts on it. How has this encouraged you? Has it challenged you? You can email email us at mediahub at thbstreetport.com. Find us on our Facebook page, Midweek Move. Uh, also, do us a favor: share this video out. If you're watching this on YouTube, share it with your uh, with individuals, and and use these these Bible studies as tools for yourself and also your community to grow and walk with Christ. So Carlos, what's your, what's your big takeaway today? You know, even, and even in the last couple of, couple of, couple of podcasts or, or videos we've done about this, I think in, in, especially in the Western church, we take the word gospel for, for granted. Mm. It's become it's it's become a title of sorts, mm-hmm. and when you read the plan of God, when you read about what we call you know the Passion Week, or we talk about you know the Last Supper and the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus, the gospel really is the good news. Mm-hmm. The gospel really is the fact that everybody, everybody, man, woman, child, born on this earth, we all have something that bears witness within us that there are things that are not right within us. We all have a conscience. We all feel our our own wrongs. We all feel, we all can be in touch with our own failures. It's clearly evident and seen even in everyday human life. Right. But the gospel tells us that Jesus did something about that. Mm. That Jesus did something so that we don't have to we don't have to suffer the fate of somebody who who's guilty. Right. And Jesus came and did something about that. And that's what the gospel is. That's what the good news is. And that it didn't end it didn't end on the cross. It didn't end at the tomb. It didn't even end at the resurrection that it is actively and continually going out today. And there's hope for an eternal future because of what happened thousands of years ago. And it is active even right now, even as we're able to speak and talk about this, and even through a digital means that we're able to communicate this to people that are anywhere, everywhere in the world. This, even this going out, is a fulfillment of what he talked about thousands of years ago right there in Matthew 28. This is an extension of that. Word. Even this conversation, even this podcast, because it can go anywhere into the world, into all nations. Right. And that, that being a part of that is almost mind-blowing. Mm. And that is powerful and that Jesus cares so much that he's reaching out to everybody, anybody, any way he can to, to make these words real to us so that we can be children of God through the death, burial, resurrection, and the commission that Jesus Christ gave us. So good. So good. So uh, I think you've said that beautifully. Um, I do want to encourage you guys this. There is a continuation of the story. And you find that continuation in Acts chapter 1. And so what we have in the links in the description down below is a link to the YouTube uh, playlist of our conversation on Acts, but also Acts 1 in the podcast feed. You guys want to check it out that way. Do not let this be the stop of your story. So many people, this is the end of the story. Gospel's done. There's so much more God moving through his people. Check out what happened in the book of Acts because I'm telling you, it's amazing what this started in the people of God at that time frame. Come back in it with us next week, though. We're going to be continuing our conversation on Peter. We're going to be picking up Second Peter, and uh, we're going to have a little intro to that for you guys next week. So until next time, have a great week.